do the rest from memory. There we go. Are we taping? Welcome to this workshop. My name is Greg and I'm an addict. I'm Greg. Well, those of you who care to join me in a moment of silent meditation followed by the serenity prayer. We form the serenity prayer. God, grant us the strength to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Welcome everybody to this workshop. Um, this is the one I jokingly say that I can't even say the title, uh, but we'll find out what comes uh, and what, what happens with it. This is supposed to be something about Recovery-oriented service versus service-oriented recovery. Is that it? Yeah. Service versus recovery. Recovery versus service versus and. And I don't know what we're talking about, but um, I do feel very strongly about service, and I think that it's it's something that we that needs to be talked about because services in a lot of areas gotten a bad rap, and rightfully so. Certainly, many of our conflicts between members start as a result of service, almost as many as behind relationships. Um, and I don't think service is a dirty word. I don't know what we all want here for a workshop. Now, I'm perfectly capable of sitting here and talking for as long as it takes. I've done service oriented workshops for hours and hours and hours. But I don't know if that makes a workshop. I don't know if that's what this is about. What, what do some of you guys want? What do, what do you want out of this workshop? Here you are, you've come in, you've picked this one out of the three. Sorry, probably poor judgment, but what the heck. Um, you know, what do you want? What are we gonna do? What do you need? I'm Anita, and I'm an Hi, Anita. Understand the wording of some of the issues, but I'm intimidated by a lot of the personalities. 
so therefore, I end up just sitting here and not feeling productive at all. And I don't, uh, I sometimes come away thinking, well, why didn't I share this? Or why didn't I say this? And I never do. And uh, because I'm, I guess I'm afraid that they'll reject me the way they're rejecting each other or whatever, I don't know. Uh, but uh, maybe I'm just too timid to but I think it's time for me to do things on the more on a, uh, a regional level or a, you know, a world level or something because uh, I think that's where I'm at. I'm Jim and I'm Hi, Jim. First of all, you said you're ready to get into service work. What you said, you're already in service. Yeah, real big. And intimidation, Intimidation, yeah. I attended my first area service committee meeting. I had about 45 days clean. But it happened to be that our group was supposed to I attended my first regional service committee meeting in 90 days because my sponsor brought me along. He said, you're going with me. In both cases, I was like, what the hell is going on here? I had no idea. Uh, and then because, you know, I've learned, you know, we have choices today in recovery that I can choose to be intimidated or not. You know, I've learned that. And it's okay to, you know, I've come up with some things that everybody's just said, boo. But I've got to take that as part of recovery. You know, that's how I'm going to make mistakes, and people are going to, you know, boo me out or whatever. And that's okay. I was okay with it. What I wanted out of this workshop time was, like, people involved in service work. They think, well, that's all they have to do as far as their recovery. All right. That's I've learned that that's not appropriate. We still have to go to meetings. We still have to work the steps. We still have to talk to our sponsor and read the literature. You know, and don't do the words. That that's what I want to, um, to hear out of this. Thank you. I'm Kurt, I'm an addict. Hi, hey, Kurt. Kurt. And I guess I, I want to echo that, that that's where I am, what, what I came here for, because, you know, I find myself, you know, I, I went into service work because I needed something to get me out of myself a little bit more, and I felt that was a way to get me out of myself so I could do stuff. But when I heard the topic, you know, freaked me out. And I was wondering if I was into, uh, um, I don't know which way, which direction it, it is. Um, but, uh, I'm, I guess I just like to hear from a lot of people on that. Well, we'll all have a chance to share. Um, and I think those are all good things we're looking at. I've been involved in obsessive service or service obsession been involved in service based on self-will. I've been involved in service based on an ego trip. I've been involved in service based on what I can get out of it. I've been involved in service based on a sense of duty and responsibility to the fellowship. I've been involved in service based on love. I've been involved in service based on hate. So there are all kinds of motivations to serve. <coughs> and my experience is that my motivation towards service has changed over time. Um, how many people here started or, or got involved in doing service right away when they came to the program, first 90 days? Okay. That's a lot of people. Um, 
that's been the rule of thumb up until recently. I know my own experience. Um, I started coming to meetings. I almost had a college education and flunked out. Got through four or five years. Uh, I had a job. I had a car. And on my first call, when I called the helpline, they asked, can you give someone a ride to a meeting? <laughs> so I guess people have asked me to be involved in service right from the beginning. There weren't very many cars in NA, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and they're really. And, and at two months clean, they elected me GSR of a group. And I couldn't take office because I didn't have 90 days. So I had to wait. I got elected, but I couldn't take office for another month. And, and then I went to this thing called <coughs> the Parent General Service Organization of Narcotics Anonymous. And they met once a month. This was this weird thing. This is before there was any real service structure going on. And I've basically been involved pretty consistently since then, except for one short, two short periods of time. Uh, and so I've gone through the whole gamut of motivation. At first, I was gullible enough. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll do anything you want. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and desperate enough where they said, I want you to, here's this title, I want you to go to this meeting. And I said, gee. <laughs> I sat around, I didn't know what was going on. And then it worked into, into pride. What is service about for me? I found that for me, service has been the primary or one of the primary ways that I've helped um, improve my sense of self-worth, improve my sense of self-esteem. Because what I found out by being of service was that there was that, that Greg wasn't a complete failure. That Greg could do some things, even if it was just set up the chairs right. In the beginning, setting up the chairs right was a big deal. And putting them back was a big deal. That was a big deal. That was tough to do when I first came around because I was sick. You know, I spent my first month around here kicking a habit. But I was able to feel a part of. I was, able, I was able to do some things and experience some small successes. <coughs> um, that GSR commitment that was, I was drafted into, I don't think I did anything to represent the group, but I showed up every month. And that was a big deal. <coughs> I didn't have the words to say. I didn't know what the heck was going on. There was no place to go look up any of it. You know, you just kind of stuck around four, five, six months and tried to figure out what everyone was doing in your adult brain and emulate the people who had been clean a while. Just like you did in your personal recovery. And there was never, for me, any separation between service and recovery. And today I believe that I don't believe you can fully work the steps without service. I believe service is one of the primary expressions of the ninth, eleventh, and twelfth steps. Uh, ninth step, being of service to our fellows and to society, is one of the ways we make amends for the way we lived. The eleventh step, uh, knowledge of God and will for us and the power to carry that, that out, is probably the ultimate service. Being of service 
to that which I have committed myself, to that which I have turned my will and my life over to the care of. Being of service to that spiritual being, that spiritual force, whatever you believe, is probably number one service. And then the service that we talk about in, in, in the 12 step. I, I hear people talking about the 12 step being the service step. 12 steps to service. And I don't know if that's true. There's certainly service all the way along. If anything, I think maybe if there's one, it's 11. But all the steps have got some service involved in you know, Probably the most simplest way that I acknowledge my powerlessness over the disease of addiction is when I get up and do a meeting and say, my name is Greg and I'm an addict. That's an acknowledgement of my powerlessness over the disease of addiction, but it's also service. It is providing for the possibility of identification. My presence in a meeting is a form of service. Now, it's not structural service, it's not titled service, it's not... But we are all about service. I believe service is a spiritual principle. Second step. How does, sec how does service fall into the second, second step? Well, the second step talks about a restoration of sanity at the hands of a power greater than ourselves. And and the fellowship and our meetings and our groups and, and the, the group conscience and the atmosphere of recovery that we participate in contributes to that restoration of sanity. Certainly a loving God is there in the foremost. But also that loving God is expressed in our groups and that service. Providing and being part of an environment where a restoration of sanity is possible. How many times have we sat in a meeting and a meeting was sicker than being out of the meeting. <laughs> we don't think about the atmosphere of recovery that much. You know, I've been in a meeting when, when someone walked in and shot somebody behind a relationship. That's not real healthy, and that doesn't promote recovery. The, the third step, <laughs> the third step, talking about making that decision and commitment turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. That's service. Service, you know, if I'm, if I'm giving my life unto God's care, then I, then I commit myself to certain actions, to be available to serve. Four and five, four step. I don't know if there's any direct, because the fourth step is kind of a solitary occupation, but certainly with the fifth step, hearing someone's inventory, and being involved in the inventory fifth step process, there's service on both sides. On the side of the person who's taking a, uh, 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 who's, who's reading the fifth step, uh, on the person on the side of the person who has written the fifth step, it is providing the person who is hearing my fifth step with an opportunity to share, an opportunity to reaffirm his recovery, an opportunity to to be of service to me. From his perspective, hearing the inventory, being honest, being open, is providing and it's mutual service. Uh, defects and shortcomings, <coughs> six and seven steps, letting go of those patterns, uh, recognizing our strengths in four and five and, 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 and our weaknesses depending on our strength and trying to minimize our, our, our defects. 
and asking God to remove those patterns. Uh, we're, we're falling into positive, contributing patterns, which you can interpret as service. A man certainly, clearly, your service. Uh, the inventory process and, and admitting when you're wrong. I mean, that's that's a little reaching, but you can build. You, you see that? See what I'm getting at all the way through? There's service, and, and I can't separate service from from uh, the twelve steps because it, service is a spiritual principle. It is something inherent in this way of life. And one of the things I was told when I first came around was that the program's a package deal. And you can't get part of the package. If you go for part of the package, you don't end up with any. The program's a package deal, and part of the package is service. Not necessarily being a, a GSR of a group, or an RSR, or an ASR, or a treasurer, or a secretary, or a trustee, or this or that, or the other thing. You know, I personally think that all that stuff that we commonly think of as service is less important than what, she, what Anita was talking about. The services that we offer to each other. Um, in our original service structure, it said that the front line of service is the NAM. You ever thought of being a member as a service position? Ever thought seriously about your membership and the commitment and the responsibility and the rights that go along with that? You ever thought of the possibility that being an old timer is a service position? Never thought of the possibility of being a newcomer to service <laughs> Newcomer is the most important person to me. Our primary purpose is to reach that newcomer. They're providing a hell of a service for us, aren't they? They're allowing us to fulfill one of the things that works best, giving of ourselves. I mean, if it was just you and me sitting in a room, we'd get tired of each other real quick. <laughs> Wouldn't we? Uh, I imagine for the first few weeks it might be interesting, but, but you know, at, down, down the line, I mean, there are people in this room here who sat in a room like that for six months, a year, two years, when there wasn't a fellowship around. That takes a certain kind of insanity. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, I really mean it. Uh, you know, I joke around, people say, gee, you know, it's been great that you're clean so long. Yeah, it'd be real sick to find NA back when I found it. And invariably, our old-timers are real sick. <laughs> Particularly, you know, when they got clean and stayed clean and were dedicated to Narcotics Anonymous in a place where Narcotics Anonymous really didn't exist much. Think about it. How would you, what kind of mentality does it take to bet your life on something that doesn't exist? <laughs> I mean, sounds psychotic, doesn't it? I don't know about spiritual, but really, think about it. The founding members of any, of any community, and, and whether that's Stillwater, Oklahoma, or, or, or um, anywhere else. The people who were here that set the scene are invariably a real set. 
because of the mentality it takes to do that. You come on down the road when there's a fellowship to commit to, when there's a place to belong, when there's a place to say, hey, this is it. Hey, this is real. I can touch this. But think about sitting alone in a room for six months with a coffee pot and a starter kit, hoping somebody will come. And when they do, nine times out of ten, they just go back out and use, and you never see them again. Anybody here ever do that? Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? But it's service. And those days kept us clean. And that commitment to say, hey, I'm going to fulfill this responsibility. I've taken on myself. I'm going to be here, and someone will come someday. That's service. And I, I know for me that, that, that there were many times early on when it was my commitment that took me to that meeting. And I would have missed that meeting if it hadn't been for my commitment. I believe I owe my life to service. I believe every recovery, somebody is involved with someone of a service somewhere to get you here. <laughs> or else you never would have heard of NA. Some service had to take place in order for me to get to Narcotics Anonymous. And some service had to take place in order for you to get to Narcotics Anonymous. And yet, we have a tendency to think of service as something different. It's kind of like, it's almost as, as bad as the, you know, the spiritual part of the program. <laughs> the service part of the program. We don't really talk about service. That's not the same as recovery. Somebody was bringing up the, the concept of of recovery and the title of this, recovery being the primary focus and service being an aspect of it, or service being the primary focus and recovery being an aspect of it. Um, if service is the primary focus and recovery is an aspect of that, we've got problems. No question about it. Why do people serve? Why do people serve? Because they care. Some people. Some people serve because they, um, because of pride. See, I no one can do this as well as I can. Can they? Some people serve um, because of guilt. You know, we, we ran down that list kind of before. I mean, why do you serve? How many people here are trusted servants? Why do you serve? What is your motivation? Is it something that you can do? All right, they gave me a... Isn't this great? I'm a trusted servant. Spread the word. Spread the word. Satisfies my code Satisfies my code <laughs> Responsible. responsible. Right. Get back. To give back or to get back? Give back. What did I, I slip one on him that, that something I don't know? <laughs> huh? That's exactly it, to give back. To give back. Okay. How many of you are conscious of that when you do your service? 
You are? God, you're better than I am most of the time. I said that. Most of the time, particularly in my first few years of service, there was that in it, but there were other things going on too. Uh, I love the attention. People would pat me on the back and say, oh, you're doing such a good job, it's great. I needed that. I loved that. That felt good. And it was important for me because I grew from that. And I felt so bad about Greg that I needed some of that kind of success and attention. But my service wasn't to give back, it was to give. And maybe that's what one of the topics of this workshop is about, the difference between service to give and service to get. Service-oriented recovery is service to give. Recovery-oriented service is service to get. And I assume that we're all a mixture of that. We have both of those things going. I know I do. What does service give me? What do I get out of service today? You know, I've been playing this game for a, a lot of years. What does service get out of me today? I get to meet you guys. I am given opportunities to fulfill that, that special, intimate, empathetic bond that, that, that you get with between two people in this, in this fellowship uh, based on recovery, based on spirituality, not based on, on anything else. I'm giving opportunities to do that. It doesn't happen in these workshops. It's going to happen you know, after the workshop. This is, what, this is the price you've got to pay in order to get that outside in the hall, right? I mean, i got to talk that's the way it is sometimes. I also bet my life on Narcotics Anonymous. And Narcotics Anonymous is not something I do, it's something I am. I don't know if that makes sense. And one of the things that occurred to me about 12 steps, about recovery, about all these things a while back, is that part of the purpose of this path that we're on is to take us to a point where we don't have to follow the path anymore, but we become the path. The purpose of, a path, of the path is to reach a point upon the path where you no longer follow the path, but become the path. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's real meaningful to me. You know, recovery is not something we do, it's something we are. NA is not something I do, it's something I am. I am Narcotics Anonymous, and I know you're Narcotics Anonymous too. Part of becoming Narcotics Anonymous is being of service. You know, there's been some talk about, and you were asking about going into the service meeting. Who says that's where the service takes place? Maybe, and this is a pretty radical concept here, maybe the purpose of the service structure is to provide a format where we can be of service. Maybe the purpose of the one of the purposes of the service structure is to provide a framework 
where we could fulfill our 9th, 11th, and 12th steps by being of service. Now, certainly when we sat down and designed the service structure, that was not a conscious decision. Conscious thought that went into the service structure is, you know, how do... If you had a group of people, how would they naturally evolve? That was the thought process that went into designing the service structure. And the idea was that, okay, you got somebody and they're going to a meeting and they're trying to stay clean. And they're running around town. And they find somebody else and they're trying to stay clean too. They're going to get together. That's normal. At that point, you got a meeting. Two or one <coughs> gathered together for the purpose of recovery. And they like it. Boy, that was nice. They had the coffee last night. Wasn't it great? And it was wonderful. Hey, let's do it again next week. You going to meet me here next week? Sure. All right. And then you have a meeting going on a regular basis. And you're moving towards this idea of a group. A meeting that happens at a specified time and place and adheres to the philosophy of narcotics anonymous. It's registered. And there's some other things that have to take place. But basically, when you set this thing up, oh, and I got a friend. I'll bring him. Oh, okay, let's do that. You know somebody who wants to come, we can go. You see how a group normally, naturally happens? And then, ah, you know what? I heard there was somebody across town doing the same thing. They're sitting in the cafeteria at the college. I know where it's shown is, but they're, I wonder what would happen if we went over and, and, and sat down with them. Maybe they'd come sit down with us and we'd have more people talking. It'd be better. And you start to develop some lines of communication. And that naturally leads into the concept of an area. The different groups of people doing things within the community. And word travels. And you got this, this you, know, you got to do something up across state somewhere. You know, I don't know, something. And you're in the laundromat washing your clothes and, and, and you see it. You see a little sign up on it. Um, bulletin board in the laundromat saying, if you've got a drug problem, come to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting such and such a location. All right. Hey, look, they're doing it too. I wonder if we can get, if we can find them. Not, I'll stay an extra day so I can go to that little meeting. See what they do. Maybe they do it different. Maybe they got some ideas. We're struggling over here. And so it's very, very natural that a region evolves. Large geographic unit. The point I'm trying to get across to you is that the service structure, as it was designed, was not an artificial structure. It was not something that was dreamed up and let's make the fellowship adhere to this. What it was an attempt to do was an attempt to describe how a fellowship would logically evolve and grow. You know, the general, the, the big pet part of it, the big picture of it, if you will, has held out to be pretty, pretty good. A lot of the details have needed refinement. A lot of the detail, details still need a lot of refinement. <laughs> God knows we spend a lot of energy refining and re-refining and, 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 and screwing around with the details. You know, how many times does a set of guidelines have to be reviewed? <laughs> 
We spend a lot of energy on the details. <coughs> we sometimes get lost in it. And again, that's where this idea of service for service sake rather than service for recovery sake comes up. Maybe the purpose of that, maybe, maybe the, the real service doesn't take place in that meeting. Maybe that's just the formal expression of it. Maybe the real service is what you do when you leave there. One of the premises I was taught in Narcotics Anonymous is that you provide services as close to the recipient as possible. I was taught that the member is the primary service unit of Narcotics Anonymous, that it's my service, the, the services that I offer when I care enough to give myself and give of myself to another human being that are the most important. And that group service is the most important part of formal service. <coughs> How long has it been since your group, your home group, has taken on a service project? How long has it been since the business meeting of your home group, the topic was, how can we better fulfill our primary purpose to carry the message to the addict who still suffers? <coughs> Might be an interesting topic to bring up if your home group is like mine. Once every three or four years, anyway, what the hell? <laughs> You can slip it in between the money problems and uh, and what how you know and the other things we talked about. Oh, we got all these motions for we got to talk about for region. Huh? <laughs> it's funny we don't get to what can we do to better fulfill our primary purpose. How can we better carry the message to the addict who still suffers? And the guy next to you pats you on the shoulder and says, well, "We got an area who does that. We don't have to worry about that." <laughs> and after all, they answer the phone. Area's got a committee to answer the phones and work with newcomers. We don't have to work with newcomers. We just have to show up and open the door. Is that true? I don't think that's what this program's about. And I believe personally that we need to start looking at bringing NA service back to the grassroots and doing some group service. and doing some more extensive area service, reaching out to the addicts in our communities. Uh, we've had an emphasis on making our world services strong and secure. And they needed to be strong and secure. It's, you know, it's all happened for a good reason. But we've kind of lagged behind on the delivery system. You know, we've made lots and lots of, of wonderful progress on the support system, but the delivery system lag behind. And I think that's what I, at least that's what I hope will be the next big push of NA service. It's the delivery system and we, de we deliver service as close to the recipient in the service structure as possible. Now I was taught when I came around that if you see a job needs to be done, you do it. You keep it within the traditions. And you talk to your sponsor talk to the other members of the group before you jump off on anything real radical. But basically, if the floor needs to be mopped, mop the floor. And we're not talking about, you know, going on TV and stuff like that. We're talking about <coughs> service. We're talking about that day-to-day -day stuff that it takes to keep a meeting going. If it needs to be done, do it. 
If nobody's picking up the meeting, pick up the meeting. No one's putting away the chairs. Grab some chairs. No one raises their hand. Raise your hand. Service. And I was taught that if I couldn't do that, then I need to get some help. So I go to my group and I say, I need some help picking up the chairs. Will you help me pick up the chairs? And we together can do what I can't do alone. Service has gotten so complicated, we've gotten away from that simple stuff, haven't we? We've got to get a meeting schedule out. Let's have a committee. All right. We've got to decide what color the meeting schedule is going to be. We're going to take it back to every home, book, home group in the region. I have literally seen the color of the crepe paper for an area activity voted on in every group in a region. The color of the crepe paper, because they couldn't agree. The area established this little activities committee, and they were going to have a dance. And there were four people on the committee, and two wanted green and two wanted brown. And so they brought it back to the area. And the area couldn't agree. So we'll take it to the region. And the region couldn't agree, and they figured we need group conscience, so they sent it back through the ASRs to the area committees to send back to the GSRs to the groups so you could vote on what color the crepe paper was going to be in another area. We've complicated the shit out of the system. It doesn't make any difference. Let's not have crepe paper, okay. <laughs> How about balloons? Multicolor. You know. But that's the sort of thing we get caught into. And why do we get caught into that? Right before the traditions, it says, as long as the ties that bind us together are stronger, are stronger than those that would tear us apart, all will be well. First and foremost tie that binds us together is the disease of addiction. <coughs> and the first and foremost force that will tear us apart is the disease of addiction. Our greatest strength is also our greatest weakness. You know, we talk about threefold disease, and part of that disease being obsession and compulsion. Obsessive, obsession and compulsion. Obsession allows us to, to achieve superhuman things. But it also destroys us. Getting obsessed with service allows us to fulfill service projects beyond the ability of the individual. But it also brings disease into the service system. How many of you guys have excelled at something? I mean, gotten obsessed with a job, a school, a service position, and done twice as much as anybody's ever done before? Moved up twice as fast in the company, the job. You know, got to be foreman in six months. And, you know, six months before you're going, to, uh, I just got plane the other day, and then, <laughs> I need a job for the week. And, uh, if I can pay my rent this week, everything's going to be okay. You know, and six months later, you're a foreman. I mean, how many times have you ever heard that happen? <coughs> Hundreds of times. We're obsessive people. We can also destroy ourselves. Okay. How do you separate? How do you tell the difference between <coughs> service-oriented recovery and recovery-oriented service? How do you tell the difference? Well, one thing I think is it feels different. And that's something I've become aware of. 
So different things feel. Things that are spiritually correct feel spiritually correct. Things that aren't spiritually correct feel funny. I got a funny feeling about this, but it sounds okay. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> I found out that self-will is like swimming upstream and God's will is like swimming downstream. You're in the water in both and you're paddling like hell. But one, in one sense you're fighting the current and in the other sense you're going with the current. The same principles that I need to apply in my personal recovery, I need to apply to service. Yeah, but. What do you mean, yeah, but? Same things that I would apply. You know, how do I live my life? Well, I found out what was right and wrong for me through the inventory process. I found out what my morality was. I found out the ways I was violating myself. And I made a decision and a commitment to stop and ask for help from God to stop violating myself and stop doing the things that hurt me. And I try to keep track of that. And I have this thing called the conscience that's developed, a sense of right and wrong, a sense of morality. And I use that conscience as a guide for my behavior. I use my conscience, my morality, as a guide for my behavior. I try not to do the things that hurt. I try myself or others. I'm more concerned when they hurt me than when they hurt you. But I try not to do the things that hurt. I try not to do the things that make me feel guilty. I try not to do the things which create Controversy, because I don't like hassles anymore than anybody. I mean, we're all dope fiends. We, none, none of us like to hassle. And we used to, we used to like to, to get in and stir up the shit and watch other people hassle. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, oh, I, that, that was the, I mean, I wanted to be on the edge. <laughs> you know? So I, could, so I could mess with it, but not get too involved, right? Um, so I didn't get hurt. But, I base my behavior on principles that I've learned here, on morality that I've gotten here, on conscience. That's how you keep service recovery oriented. You base service on conscience, on morality. There are lots of ways you can do that. One of the things I did, see, I'm, I consider myself to be a trusted servant of this convention. I was asked to come to a workshop and asked to come talk. Um, this committee has funded my service to talk to them. They've flown me in here. That makes me a trusted servant. That gives me a responsibility to be here and to be of service and to be available to serve. How do I serve? How do we serve? How do you serve going to a convention? You be part of. You show up. If something needs to be, if, if somebody needs help with something, you help them. If there's nobody sitting in the registration desk, you say, I'll help. Sit down. If, if the meeting hall runs a mess, you say, I can help. You do the same thing you do in your home group, right? And those are the real services. 
you know, before I came to do this workshop, I went to my room and I did a little bit of short meditation and I tried to orient myself towards the 11th step. Knowledge of God's will for me and the power to carry that out. I committed my life consciously to God's care. I asked to be used as a channel if that was God's will. I tried to get Greg's ego out of the way. And then I came out here. I'll do that again tonight. I will take time before the banquet for meditation to try and orient myself to the here and now, to try and orient myself to knowledge of God's will for me and the My life's going to go. When I commit to be of service, I kind of lose the right to have an opinion on, on the right way to serve. You just do the next right thing. You, give, you, you fulfill what you're given. Sometimes we're not given a whole lot. Sometimes we're, we're given something very specific. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to plan a dance for April 8, 1989. We want to have a live band in a big hall, gala event, food and cookies. <laughs> right. Go do it. Now that's pretty specific instructions. Sometimes the instructions are less specific, sometimes the instructions are more specific. Service is following directions, trying to keep me out of the way. One of the rules of thumb that I've, that, that I've had, I've done a lot of writing, is that I, one of the rules of thumb I've tried to, fig, uh, tried to follow is not to have any opinion on my own input. Once I've given something, it's no longer mine. Once I've given service, it's no longer mine. I didn't grab. I become a function of the group that are, or, or the individual that I'm being of service to. And I get my ego out of there. A lot of 10th step, a lot of 11th step, those are perhaps the two greatest tools for keeping service recovery related rather than having recovery based on service that I've got as a 10th and 11th step. Continue to take personal inventory. To me, I see that 10th step as being different than a, than a, than a fourth step in that it's, it's limited by in scope, time, and topic. It deals with a specific time frame or a specific topic, whereas my fourth step is a much broader category talking about my life and my patterns and my morality. But anyway, um, 10th step in the sense of keeping track of how I'm doing keeping track of my motivations, keeping track of all those parts of what I'm doing that contribute or detract from me. Keeping track of whether or not I'm serving to take or serving to give. And try to keep those in balance. 
right there just again. My service is lacking. If I'm in service just to give, and I deny the and I deny the idea that I I, I benefit from it, that's also lacking in humility. And I think appropriate service is a balance. Yeah, we do get something out of service. We get a chance to fulfill our programs. We get a chance to commit to what we believe in. We get a chance to give of ourselves, and there's nothing that feels better in the world. And I think, you know, to me it's been important to, to recognize and acknowledge that, that my service, although I try to keep it away from what I can get out of it, it's important to acknowledge that by being a service, I get mine automatically. You know, I go on that 12-step call. I don't know whether the person I go pick up and take to a meeting is going to make it or not. But I know I contributed to my recovery. And if I try to deny that, then I'm in trouble. Eleventh step. Prayer and meditation, you know, to me, keeps me centered in the present, keeps me centered on task, and it's an affirmation of service based on spirituality rather than service for service sake. The spiritual principle of service rather than the game of service. Those are my two big suggestions, it's 10 and 11. If you're involved in service, lots of 10 and lots of 11. And we're not talking about occasionally, but all, but all the time. I don't know if I've thrown any ideas for anybody, but it's time for other people to share. Okay. Who wants to share? About your service. Come on. you got to get a little closer than that. <laughs> I'm Mark. I'm Matt. Hey, Mark. I think that one of the things that I've found through my service is that is the growth that I've gotten from it personally. Uh, although I serve other people, uh, what I get out of it is, uh, is a learning experience. And when I learn from service, um, it's like anything else. You can't give anything away unless it's yours. Uh, so what you do is, is you gain experience and it becomes yours as you give it away. Uh, and that, that works both to the good and both to the bad. Uh, because if you let your ego get in there, uh, then what you learn is you learn what your ego has to show. Uh, and that's what you give away. And if you let your ego step aside uh, and you let God come in and guide you, then you learn about God. So you can actually learn about either one in service, and it's reflected in your actions. But what happens is, is that uh, when you let your ego get in there, then you find plenty of conflict, both with other people, uh, with, uh, uh, with yourself, and the whole situation. And I've seen, over the years, I've seen a number of people get involved in service, and that will happen, and then they get discouraged about service. Uh, but what happens is, is, it's not service that's doing it, it's themselves. And what Greg was talking about, about 10 and 11, is very important. 
because that's, it, you know, it's, it sort of teaches us how to work with pin 11 because it forces us to be able to work It's, for me, service has been a very growing experience uh, in all service that I've been involved with. And sometimes I've seen it as positive, and sometimes I've seen it as negative. But when I look back on it, it's all been positive for me because I've grown from all of it. Kevin, I'm out.
90% of the people there are the new people. It's at a hospital, it's not an H&I meeting, it's a registered group. Uh, we've outgrown our room. showing up at the group's business meeting, period. You know, but there's people showing up for the meeting. And if being GSR it, to me is like you say is to serve the addict, period. I'll be there to turn on the lights, to set up chairs, to empty ashtrays, and if the designated chair's not there, I'll chair to find somebody who will. Thank you. 
in the service for different reasons. When I came back to the fellowship, I got anonymous again. I got involved in other places. My home today is my cottage Through years back then, I never really had a place that I called home. I was never committed or loyal to one thing in my life. I'm glad to say that I committed more fellowship in my And I had to learn a lot of things by trial and error. One of the things that I learned that I got to allow others to make their mistakes too by trial and error. And that's groups and areas and regions, you know. And of course the principles are the same, whether it's a person, a group, a area, or a region. You know, the principle is still the same. And uh, so when I got involved in really got involved in service work so we could have some things and I seen a group of people that came in to me trying to do some things for this fellowship. It hit my good and what I had to look at is what have I given back to narcotic phenomena. When I came back, I haven't given up the back to narcotic phenomena for a while. I guess, uh, you know, I'm still a baby in this deal. You know, there ain't no gurus here. There ain't no teachers. You know, and I'm still a baby. I'm still a student. The illusion is people put teachers, you know, because we're sponsors that put all this shit on that, and we buy in all this crap. And I am mean, nobody's teacher, and nobody's guru. And they put that on me. I learned nothing by it. And what is service? Service to me is being a servant. I'm a baby, I'm a student, you know, and I'm a servant. Keeps me away from the eagle trip when we get tired and for harness, you know. My eagle can get in there too. Uh, my problem is for me is when I get an attitude of indifference and intolerance towards these spiritual principles. I get involved in what we know the other <coughs> part of the service and service structure, you know, and personalities, my personality come out. My attitude to come out, reaction, reach, reaction. And that's when I gotta go back to the basics and start applying the steps to my life to make that personality change. I love my defects of character. You know, our 12 steps isn't, one isn't more spiritual than the other. Our 12 steps is for completeness and for holiness. And when I'm there, you know, when I'm really there, you know, my attitude, my ego, is not in the way. I can share myself with just that peace and harmony that's within me. It's only when my ego gets in the way, and my attitudes get out there, and my voice rises, you know, that I start creating And that's okay. Now, I got to go through that experience. 
I gotta go through that unawareness before I can find out awareness of what's going on. You know, this, this program works real fine. Oh, I gotta do is leave it alone and quit trying to compensate. You know, this deal. And I've been there too. I'm just 
I'm Russ. I'm Addy. All right. I've had a lot of questions. You know, I recently was in the GSR position, and uh, I had a lot of questions. I didn't know if I was in it to hide from my own recovery. You know, I, I can. As long as I was busy doing something else, I didn't have to focus on myself. And uh, a lot of questions have been answered during this, this workshop. I'm grateful for that. But you know, one thing I hear constantly at Aaron meetings is the member is the most important person. And that's really good to hear. And I know as long as I don't forget the primary purpose, for me it's for me to stay clean and then to help other suffering addicts recover. Because I'm no good to anybody else sick. As long as I keep that in mind and can do the service work, then it's okay for me. Minute I have to question that and say, Am I in this for something else? And I, then I'll have to stop and take a look at it and evaluate it and go on. It's kind of like, Am I an addict? Well, if I'm asking that question, then something's wrong. I've got to, got to look at it. But, uh, my, my group uh, didn't send me, didn't put their trust in me as GSR to go to Western area to fulfill my ego and to go on up the, the service ladder. That, you know, they, they put their trust in me, get information, bring it back, and that, you know, if I get to the point where I'm able to do that and then go on, uh, you know, and, and then and only then for me can I do that. It's my ego is always there saying, yeah, do something else, go for it, go for it, you know. And it's harder and heck to not let the ego take over. You know, I'm grateful today that I haven't, that hasn't happened, as I'll say tomorrow, well, that's something else I gotta ask on a continuous daily basis. Your will, not mine. As long as I never forget the primary purpose, I think things will be okay. Well, it said that things will be alright, so I have to believe it. I believe everything else. Glad to be here. Glad to see everybody. I'm Kurt. I'm the British Board Company Addict. Hey, Kurt. Um, I just want to thank you for. Um, all you shared, it was, you put a lot of words to a lot of feelings I didn't know I had and um, helped clear things up a lot for me. I just wanted to mention something about the traditions because um, for me, the third tradition is what kept me alive. Because when I came here first, I didn't feel, feel I belonged. And um, I didn't feel that way for a long time. And I was just ready for someone to say, you don't belong here. And um, they would say, so right here is the third tradition. <laughs> and. Um, you know, I associate service work with that, with those traditions, because I have to, I choose to live in the traditions to do the service work. And um, that uh, allows me to do that service work and, and live my life and pay back a little bit to what the traditions have given me. And um, well, my mind's all complicating this. Uh, those, those who go to the Western area know, know that it's difficult for me to talk plainly. <laughs> I tend to complicate things, but uh, I think I'm just complicating it too much. I'm just not talking about it. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you all for coming. I've gotten a high sign. Um, continue this workshop and your service for the next several years. And join me, we'll pray.
I hope all of you got what you came to this workshop for. I hope more than anything you got ideas and thoughts. And Lisa, will you lead us in closing meditation and prayer? Our Father. Our Father. Father. Who art in heaven. heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. And power. And glory forever. Amen. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Good to see you. Nice to meet you. Still.